and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to Sober Bliss with me Gail and today I'm super super excited because I have the lovely Claire Pooley with me. Hi Claire. Hello Gail, hello everybody. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, obviously all of my readers and viewers will know who you are but just in case somebody's been living in a cave for like I don't know five years or something <laughs> can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your sober journey? Of course um it, I mean, it feels quite funny doing this sort of thing for me still, because for years I just blogged under a pseudonym and um, nobody knew who I was. And I was terribly nervous about anybody finding out it was me. And uh, I used uh, the pseudonym Sober Mummy and I set up a blog called Mummy Was a Secret Drinker. And that was three and a half years ago now. So <laughs> time flies. Um, but I set the blog up on the day I quit drinking, and which is um, amazing, actually, because I'm quite the technophobe. So I still have no <laughs> idea how I managed to work out how to do it. And I couldn't ask anybody because, because I didn't want anyone to know it was me. Um, so, uh, so yes, I set that blog up and I blogged every day for uh, at least a year. Um, I blog frequently now, but for the first year, it was every day. And then at the end of that year, um, I thought, um, maybe I should try and turn the story of that year into a book. So I published a book called The Sober Diaries, and that was published nearly a year ago. And oh, actually, really? yeah, December the 28th, and um, this December, the paperback is coming out, which is, uh, which is really exciting. So, yeah. uh, so cheaper, which is great. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's me. And now, um, uh, actually, I got so... I, I loved writing so much. It was a sort of passion that I rediscovered when I started blogging that I've now written a novel and uh, uh, the novel is coming out in, oh, it takes ages, 18, about 18 months. Really? So, mm. Wow. Can you give us a little hint of to what it's about? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the title is still under debate. So okay. uh, at the moment it's called The Authenticity Project. Um, and it's all about uh, the the fact that everybody lies about their lives and what would happen if uh, you decided to tell the truth instead. So you can see it, it was inspired by my own life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's an uplifting story about, uh, about people who meet each other through um, a notebook in which they all tell the truth about their lives and then they meet each other and, and change each other's futures in extraordinary ways. So. Wow. Oh, I'm so excited. Can't wait till it comes out. <laughs> you <laughs> I have your sober diaries as you can probably see oh I can see um, it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um it really inspired me on my own oh I just realized that's um that's, that's my daughter's footprint <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Mm -hmm. So it was three and a half years ago when you first quit and started your blog. Mm -hmm. Wow. I remember reading the first uh, entry and I think mm -hmm. you wrote, Mummy was a secret drinker up until three days ago. And at the time, mm -hmm. I thought, wow, three days, that must be so amazing not to drink for three whole days. <laughs> um, but here you are, three years oh, later. I know, time flies. Doesn't but it? It, it does now it didn't back then you know time back then dragged very mm. very slowly so one day you I mean you remember one day felt like a year almost but yeah. uh, but now, now it zips past it does it does you're right you're right um so I wanted to chat to you about something which I'm not that familiar with because I live in a really small village in southern Spain and although there's loads of bars, my village is, I think, about 1,100 full-time people. And we've got eight bars, which are open between themselves 24 hours a day, which is crazy. Um, mm. But I don't really go to bars that much. My social life, certainly this summer, has been going to Spanish rock concerts and outdoor events. So I'm not like... Um, That's much more exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm not like a restaurant person or I don't go to bars and things like that. Um, so I would really love it if you could talk to us about what it's like to socialise sober in, you know, the normal sense of the, the word socialising. And why do you think that we're so terrified when we have to do our first social event when we're not drinking? Um, okay, well... Um, it was one of the things that I was most worried about, and I think a lot of people are most worried about because, you know, when I quit, um, apart from, you know, my pregnancies, it was about, uh, let me think, um, uh, 20 years um, since I'd been to a party without a drink. And, you know, for me, it was completely intrinsic to, to having fun and relaxing. And I just... Mm -hmm. I just couldn't remember what it was like to do <laughs> that sort of thing without without a, a drink in my hand. And, um, you know, we forget that, you know, you look at children and they have a perfectly good time at parties without alcohol. And, but we, you know, we train our brains to believe that it's impossible to, yeah. to socialize without a drink. So, so I was really, really nervous about it. And, um, you know, uh, and I think firstly, you know, that is perfectly normal. And secondly, I mean, I can really reassure everybody that you will get to the point where parties are just as much fun and actually a, a lot more fun. But it just takes it takes a bit of adjusting, because if you think about the fact that you've spent, if, if you're the same age as me, you spent 20 years socialising with alcohol, it's bound to take a few months to get used to socialising without alcohol. Mm. And I'm not going to lie, I mean, the truth is, <laughs> the first few months it's not easy and, yeah. and it feels really weird um and don't panic if you're at the stage where you know you're going to parties and and you know it it's really hard don't worry it won't be like that forever but it is like that to start off with mm, yeah yeah what was your first social event that you did sober if you oh. can remember <laughs> I think it was probably dinner at, at oh yes it was it was dinner at some friend with some friends at their house and 
um, I remember it. I remember it actually quite vividly because I learned quite a lot that evening. To start with, um, I realised that people don't drink as much as I thought they did, <laughs> because when you're not drinking, you re you you watch everybody else is drinking. You mm. know, and I became uh, quite obsessed for the first few months about how much everybody else drank. And um, I realized that, you know, for years I've been turning up at parties having already drunk half a bottle of wine because yeah. I would drink while I was getting changed. I drink sort of, you know, as a sharpener, you know, I think sort of, you know, I thought everyone did that. I thought everybody drank before they went to a party and they don't. I, <laughs> I remember turning up at that, this, that, that dinner thinking, God, everyone's really sober. And... <laughs> It struck me that I, because I, I, you know, I just never noticed that before, and mm. I never knew the fact that other people, um, you know, some people drink as much as I did, um, but but a lot of people don't. So so that was a bit of a revelation that first evening. Um, but initially, when I first started going to to parties, I found the main thing I felt was really scratchy. So mm. you know when you you feel like you just can't quite relax, and it's you just feel yeah. very empty, and you feel like you're on a, a slightly different a parallel universe from everybody else and yeah, yeah. because we're you know drinkers are normally very sociable people we're very garrulous we you know we like to be part of the crowd it's part of the reason I think why we started drinking in the first place mm. and really difficult feeling like you're not part of the crowd and everybody else is on a slightly different level from you and yeah. and I, that's what I remember from those early days is feeling you know feeling just edgy and and disconnected and as I said don't worry that doesn't last <laughs> but it does last a while yeah I remember feeling like I stood out like a sore thumb I mean I kind of did anyway because most of the people I socialized with were Spanish people so as an English person you kind of already the odd one out but the fact that I was stood there and I wasn't drinking I did feel that everybody noticed that I wasn't drinking. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you feel a bit odd. Yeah, what really, really helps there is is having a drink in your hand that looks like a grown-up drink. Mm. So one party I went to, I wrote about in my book, um, I turned up and the only non-alcoholic drinks available were just plain tap water or sticky orange juice. Um, and really? the orange just sort of shouted out non-drinker and it, nobody you didn't want to drink loads of orange juice in the evening it sort of you know so so it was just miserable and um you know, I what I started doing if I wasn't convinced that they would have something there that I at whatever party I was going to that I wanted to drink I'd just take my own and uh you know and and I'd take something that um that looked like an alcoholic drink so alcohol-free beer was a mm. lightsaber for me um, you know, seed lip and tonic, or just tonic, or just fizzy water, even, um, you know, with lime in. You know, as long as you've got something in your hand that mm. looks like it makes you feel like you're drinking a proper drink, then, then it makes it much, much easier than standing without anything to hold or holding something that's obvious, like a Coca Cola that is obviously yeah. not a drink. Because then you get people asking you questions that you probably don't want to answer at that point, you know. So that's true. Uh, you know, and, and there's, there's plenty of time to tell people that you're not drinking, but at the beginning, you probably don't want to have that conversation. And if you mm -hmm. don't, you have to. Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite non-alcoholic drink now then, when you're out of an evening? Uh, well, 
you know, if you read my book, you know that I talked a lot about um, about Bex Blue. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I have to tell you that I thought maybe when the book came out, Bex Blue would contact me and say, oh, thank you so much for mentioning <laughs> our brand and have some free Bex Blue, but they've never yeah. <laughs> done oh. Um, so, and I still drink alcohol-free beer, uh, which actually is fantastic. It's low calorie. It's mm. um, actually quite healthy. It doesn't. It's not filled with preservatives and colourings, and it feels sort of. It feels like a grown-up drink. Um, but I also love. Uh, I love Seedlip, which is like if you haven't come across it, it's an alcohol-free uh, spirit. Um, tastes a oh, bit wow. like. Um, and I drink that with Fever Tree um, uh, tonic and ice and and lime or something and that's uh you know again it just feels like a proper grown-up drink and it helps that you know i never i was never a, a spirits drinker and i was never a beer drinker i i drank wine lots of wine <laughs> um, so so i so i don't feel that you know beer alcohol-free beer and alcohol-free spirits don't make me feel like i i want to have the real thing alcohol-free wine i couldn't drink for quite a long time because mm. it made me you crave the real thing so I think yeah. you just have, you have to know what works for you I think yeah that's a good point I drink um alcohol-free beer as well and in fact it's a really good one in our village because we're quite isolated so there's not even coconut water where we live um but the supermarket do their own brand of alcohol-free beer and it's really Brilliant. really nice yeah yeah, and there's a um, Heineken Zero is really good. Um, All right. And um, uh, the other thing I drink, which isn't a sort of fake fake booze um, thing, is um, but it still again feels like an adult drink and is really healthy. Is kombucha. So yes, I've heard of that. No, no, we can't get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you find when you do manage to find it, it's really great. <laughs> it's not too sweet. I think the problem with a lot of um, alcohol uh, alternatives is that they're really sweet and, and um, you know uh, I think a lot of us have problems with a sweet tooth after we, we stop drinking so you don't want to drink loads of sweet stuff as well. Yeah that's true that's very true. What do you think then is the best thing now about socializing sober? Um, you know what I, I think over time you the way you socialize starts to change and mm. the things you like about it change so and now when i look back i realize actually i socialize in a very different way so to start with when i was drinking the only things i really did to socialize were going to a bar a party or a restaurant where we drink loads so <laughs> all my social mm. events revolved around drinking yeah. and now you know now i've stopped drinking and i've you know I gradually over time i realized that that more and more the things I did with friends didn't involve alcohol at all. So, um, so I go to the theatre a lot more than I used to. I go to the movies a lot more than I used to. I go to art galleries. I go to concerts. Mm. Um, I, I, I love a good rock concert now. Um, and uh, um, I, I do, I also go on long, uh, during the I, I do a lot more socialising during the day as well. So I'm lucky enough to have a job that sort of, you know, I can, I can fit around whatever I'm doing. So I will often during the day meet friends for a, a walk with the dogs on the common and, and sort of have yeah. a good chat, and a cup of coffee and a walk. Um, so so I, I, think, I think you get much more inventive about the way that, that you socialise. And as a result, your life becomes much richer and more varied. And when you do go to a classic party, you know, a drinks party or something, mm. um, 
I find that um, uh, I just, I, they would, I do them in very different ways. So when I was drinking, I would run around a party talking to everybody for about five minutes at a time. And I'd probably say the same thing over and over again. And I'd not be able to remember many of those conversations. And certainly I wouldn't learn very much about them or their lives in the course of that conversation. Um, and now when I go to a party, I will talk to far fewer people, but I'll talk to each of them for a really good length of time. And we'll have a proper life affirming chat about stuff that really matters. And I'll remember it the next day and yeah. I'll come away feeling, you know, feeling enriched and feeling, you know, great about life and feeling like I'm a proper friend. Um, and, you know, so, so I, I think, I think parties are, uh, much more rewarding for me now and mm. um and actually sort of you know I, I I feel terrible now looking back about all those years where I never you know I, I never really talked to anybody about anything that, that you know really mattered to anybody <laughs> so um <laughs> do you find that? yeah because you get kind of in your own little bubble don't you you mm. want to you go out there and you know what you want to say and you kind of more obsessed with getting over your own point of view and telling yeah. your story and your funny joke that yeah, yeah you do you don't listen properly no, to exactly I, I used to the way I've described it is you know I, I think I spent years on transmit rather than yeah. receive <laughs> you know, so I go to a party and I think oh I'm going to tell them this story and then I tell the next person exactly the same story because by then I was too drunk to think of a new one <laughs> and <laughs> really how the evening went and I come away feeling you know having learned nothing about what my friends were up to or you know what mattered to them or anything mm. yeah so. yeah would you find that um the the friendships that you had in the past and the new friendships that you've made now do you find they're deeper and more meaningful because you are present all the time uh, yes definitely um and you know and I I feel like I you know, I know, I know more about, I know more about my friends' lives. I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm much better at remembering to sort of call them up if they've got a big job interview or take them flowers if they're not well, you know, I'm just, I'm a much, you know, I'm a much better friend, I think, than I used to be. Um, you know, I, I think I was, I was quite a, a selfish person when I was drinking lots. I didn't mean to be, I just, yeah. you know, just what happens. So, yeah. yeah um, I, I think early on, you know, if you're if you're just starting out at parties, there are a few tricks that that help make it easier. So, I mean, to start with, I, I'm I, I initially at least I always used to leave pretty early, and mm -hmm. you know, to be honest, if it's difficult, there's no point in staying longer than you feel comfortable. And um, you know, the the great thing about drinks parties is people get drunk and they don't realise you're not there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, what I always do is, you know, when I'm ready to leave, I leave, I don't say goodbye. Um, oh, and I just, nobody knows that I've left at midnight or, you know, even earlier if in the early days. Um, because, because they're, you know, they're, they're focused on other things. So, mm. um, so you don't need to feel bad about not staying till 3am. And the other great thing is you can drive. So. Yes. So it's not like the old days where you had to sort of, you know, try and find a way to get home and, and you'd often end up stranded at a party trying to find a mini cab or whatever. Mm. You know, you can jump in your car right outside and drive yourself home as soon as it gets it gets tricky. Mm. Um, so you know, I think those things really help. And one thing that helps hugely is, um, you know, what they say, what they describe as um, playing the tape forward. Do you, have yeah. you come across 
ready. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. forward. And because it's very easy at a party to think, I would feel so much better if I had just one glass of wine. I'm just going to have one. I'm not going to have another one. I'll just have one and then I'll stop. Mm. And, you know, you just need to pay the film. <laughs> you know that it's not going to be one. You know yeah. it's going to be and then it's going to be three and even if you only have one that night you'll do it it'll mean that next time you go to a party you'll have two and the next time you go to a party you'll have three and before you know where you are you'll be right back to where you were at the beginning yeah um, and and you just need to to remind yourself where it goes and how awful you feel the next day and you know how terrible you'll feel about having broken all your resolutions mm. and and you can also play the film forward in terms of thinking, how will I feel tomorrow if I haven't drunk? I'm going to wake up feeling brilliant. I'm going to be so proud of myself. I'm not going to have to check my phone to see who I texted. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to have, have to worry about how I got home and whether I've left my, my handbag somewhere or any of that stuff. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, yeah. So, so, so thinking about how you're going to feel the next day is really helpful. Um, and if it gets tough, just leave. Just leave. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't signed a contract that you're going to be there yeah, to live. Yeah. Bitter it's end. Only, there's only a few months of your life in, in what's a really, you know, going to be a really long and eventful and wonderful, wonderful life. So, so, you know, if, if you have to spend a few months just taking it a little bit easy and not going out quite as much and not going out quite as long, then it's not the end of the world. You know, it really mm. isn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Christmas coming up soon really scary um, <laughs> do you have any advice for people who are you know about to enter the crazy Christmas party circuit and mm. they want to keep their promise to themselves any particular advice to do with that side of Christmas socializing um, I, I would just say that Christmas without alcohol it, it's a really scary prospect if you've never done it before but <laughs> it tastes so much better because mm. you know I the you know I, I remember the old days of Christmas where you know those all those parties one after the other you'd spend so much time feeling under par and um and feeling miserable and there's you know Christmas is a really busy time there's so much to do and if you've got kids you've got these little people who are desperate for you to make it all magical and that's really hard when you're hungover the whole time or drunk or both <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. and actually you know if you're not drinking you've got so much more energy and enthusiasm for the whole thing and you know what I try and do I remember my first Christmas, I just focused on the children. I thought, I'm going to see everything through their eyes. And, you know, they don't drink, obviously. And <laughs> Christmas is so magical for them. And I think it's about remembering what, you know, what you loved about Christmas when you were young. And it wasn't about being boozy. It was about being with family. It was about not having work or school. Mm. Um, about um, you know it's about Father Christmas it's about wonderful food it's about you know wonderful films on the telly you know all that magical stuff that you don't need booze for um, yeah. So, so yeah if it's your first Christmas I, I would advise you to if you've got children look at how they do Christmas and if you haven't look at how remember how you used to do Christmas um, that's good advice yeah. much, much more than alcohol yeah, this is my first sober Christmas. Um, Ooh, yeah. I'm not particularly too worried about it, to be honest, because um, as I said, we live in 
the sticks and it's really weird because Christmas in the UK I remember it started at like soon as Halloween was over then Christmas would start yeah, but over yeah. here because their big day is the oh, 12th um, night the 6th of January yeah when the three yeah. kings come so we don't break up from school until I think it's the 23rd of December this year and the Christmas decorations don't go up until um the 24th or something so wow. unlike the UK you know we haven't got that big long run-up to Christmas which I think is probably the most difficult time for people when they're not drinking or you know all the school plays and things the office parties and all of that so I haven't got that to worry about it's just going to be the four of us this year cozy in front of the fire with um hopefully something nice that Santa brings so I'm not too worried about it but I know that it's a big um issue for a lot of people so that's really good once you've done it once it's easy it's, mm. it's like all these things everything is hard the first time you do it um but uh, but you know the next time around it becomes much much easier and you know I I do remember the first Christmas the joy of waking up on Christmas day without a hangover it was yes. just a you know, it was really lovely because, you know, I, I could, I could get, get as excited, you know, because the children always come in really early with their stockings and want to show you what Father Christmas bought them. And, you know, I mean, they, when they were little, they'd come in at four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, if you'd only just got to bed and you were feeling really miserable, it was not a great way to start the day. And being yeah. able to start the day, Christmas day with a really clear head and loads of energy and having had lots of sleep is amazing. <laughs> so <Yeah>. much easier. <laughs> Mm. yeah so what I, I think at Christmas sorry I'm still going on about Christmas okay. <laughs> the easiest times in a way not to drink because it's about so many other things yeah I mean, the most, most difficult times not to drink is events that totally revolve around booze like a drinks party where there is mm. no other entertainment there is nothing else about it apart from people standing there drinking which is a bizarre thing to do if you think about it it but is Christmas, you know, there's a lot more that happens at Christmas. So, so mm. in a way, it's, it's one of the easier times. Funny yeah, enough. yeah. I was going to ask you there, actually, which um, type of events do you think that it would be best to avoid when you're not drinking? So the one that you've just mentioned there. Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, in the early days, um, uh, drinks parties... Uh, in a way aren't so bad because often you're not expected to stay very long so mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to do a party that is only about the booze just go in and out you know just fly yeah. by you know talk to the people you want to talk to and then leave um, but otherwise I think it's, it's best to try and go to to events early on that where there's something else going on so dancing or um, and it is possible to dance without without drinking I learned although uh, actually one word of warning if this is new to you sober dancing is um, be careful about your feet because um, when I was drinking I used to wear ridiculous heels and dance in heels for hours at a time and my feet would kill me by the, you know, when, I, when I stopped drinking I realized that it was only the anesthetic effects of the booze that allowed me to carry on dancing for so long in heels so if if you're if you're dancing sober, wear sensible shoes. That's <laughs> my advice. Or take your shoes off halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant advice. <laughs> Do you have any last words of wisdom then before we go? Um, 
for people who are maybe thinking about giving up drinking or who are brand new to their sober sober life um uh yeah i think just a general piece of advice which is if you if you go into the whole journey feeling like you're missing out on something and life is going to be utterly miserable it's really hard to keep going because you mm -hmm. feel like you're constantly denying yourself and i think the more the more you can go into it with feeling excited about yeah. you know, what life can is, is going to have to offer and remind yourself constantly about all the things that are going to be so much better mm. and you remember you're not doing this because you have to you're doing this because you choose to because it's a much better way of living living your life then you know then the whole thing is so much easier and um something i did in the the early days and i still do now is i i bought a pin board and I stuck pictures on the pin board of all the things I wanted my life to be like um, without, uh, without alcohol over the next few years. And I put pictures of places I want to visit. I put pictures of, of how I wanted to look. I took, put pictures of how I wanted to feel um, and some of the things I wanted to buy with the money I was saving. And I put them all on a board and I put the board in my bedroom near my bed. So every day I see it and it reminds mm. me of the things I, I wanted to achieve. And the amazing thing is almost everything on there I've now done. Wow. And there's a couple of things, there's a picture of New York, haven't got there yet. But, um, you know, but it's, it's you know, it, it works and it just keeps you focused on, on why you're doing this and you're doing it for really positive reasons. Um, exactly. Because you know, it, it, it will change your life in the more fundamental ways than anything you've ever done before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. That's brilliant advice. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. It's been great chatting. Yes. And if anybody hasn't yet seen Claire's website, um, it's Mummy Was a Secret Drinker. So check that out. Also, the Sober Mummy Facebook page. Um, you can check that out too. And if you want to keep up, up to date with me and more lovely people that I'm going to chat to and get some helpful advice on what it's like to live a sober life, then sign up to the newsletter at soberbliss.com. I will put all of the links and the information down below. So thank you so much for watching and thank you, Claire, so much for joining me. And thank I'll you. see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.